Hello, and welcome to the Coffee and Books and Movies podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Hope all of you are doing well today. I'm doing this podcast in my car, so hopefully everything goes well. Uh, yeah, so I'm not driving, but don't worry. I'm just uh, wanting to get a nice quiet spot to do this in the morning. As I look outside and see a sunny blue sky today, I thought I'd take advantage of my day being off and doing this. All right, so... Yesterday I mentioned I recently started Good Omens, but in the meantime, while I'm reading that book, which I'll be reading heavily today and the next few days, I have also another book, which I just finished, which is called Sort Art Online, which you might have heard of it. It's a very popular Japanese novel, anime, manga, TV show. Um, it was written by Riki Kawahara. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it is a Japanese light novel series, meaning it was published as a sort of uh, starting as a novel book in, Jap in Japan, and then it eventually translated into other genres. Um, it's published in North America by Yen Press. Um, the, the original web novel was published from the years 2002 to 2008. In 2008, it was published as an actual novel. Um, in 2012, an actual anime was published and manga, and it's been highly successful with spinoffs and all different kinds of stuff. But basically, this story follows uh, and focuses on protagonists Kirito Kirigaya and Asuna Yuki as they play through a virtual reality MMORPG. Um, I call it a version of what is called an isekai uh, novel. Um, isekai type novels are when a user or person is transported completely into another world. Um, Ascendants of a Bookworm Volume 1, which I recently read, is of a similar vein. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be technology or magic or fantasy. It's just a, a user is transported into another world. In this case, uh, these characters, Kirito and Asuna, are transported to this other world where they become basically video game players. They do it willingly, which is something that you don't see in many isekai novels. Like, normally it happens by accident. But in this case, these characters uh, go and buy a new video game. It's called Sword Art Online, which is a massively multiplayer online role-playing video game. And uh, needless to say, going forward in all this, we're going to be talking about the whole uh, first novel, um, there are going to be spoilers involved. It is going to talk about some heavy topics. That's okay. It's well worth it, I think, to get into. All right, so the series basically has a main villain trap all of these people who are uh, players in this game, and they are stuck, uh, basically unable to escape the video game. They are basically given a choice, which is defeat the video game and come back to the real world or perish in the game. And so this divides the thousands of players that have logged on and are stuck in the combination system. Uh, you have players that are basically just kind of going through the game and then mechanics and are trying to escape. You have players that are uh, working together in teams in order to make money and just kind of survive in the world. And lastly, you have some players that are just antisocial, that don't want to be around people. They're just enjoying the freedom of being away from society. And so basically there's a small group of people whose mission is to actually defeat the game, the high-level players. And these are players that are going from place to place that are practicing their skills um, that are fantasy sword set skills. Um, you see this quite often in many video games already, 
But if you play any type of video game that's an RPG, you kind of have an idea of like there's different combinations you can do. There's different spells and equipment, and it's all about getting the best possible combinations. Um, anyway, it's revealed in the story that basically Kirito is a solo player at first. He starts off on his own. He was a former beta tester for the game. He did not have any inkling about what it was like. He ends up being trapped with all the other people. He decides that he's going to go through the game and help people as best as he can so they don't die. Um, and we're revealed in the first part of the story when he meets a friend who invites him to join his guild. He declines this. And uh, there's a reason for it, which we learn about later on in the story, where it turns out that he had helped a group of players uh, early on in either the beta testing days or even a little bit later after that when the game first started. And uh, he ended up being a higher level player than all the other people that were with him. And this triggered a trap in what is called a dungeon. And a high level boss came out and destroyed the other users that he couldn't protect. And so as a result of this, he was able to defeat the monster, but he lost his friends in the process and they were not able to be there with him again. You know, they died. So, all right, now let's talk about uh, how he meets the character Asuna. Asuna is in what's called a guild, a group of players that form an alliance together. It's not just like a little party, but a group of people like consisting of hundreds of members. It's called the Knights of Blood, KOB for short. And Asuna is basically one of the top-level members of this guild. She asks, um, you know, people to join the guild. She tries to recruit our main character, Kurito. Um, it turns out that they actually uh, kind of like each other. And throughout the early parts of the novel, when they meet each other, they're trying to basically kind of innocently flirt together. But then, you know, other members of the guild are jealous uh, because there's not many female players in the game. And in fact, uh, one of the bodyguards that's assigned to protect Asuna turns out to be a crazed madman villain who cares nothing at all for, you know, Asuna necessarily, other than his obsession, but is actually trying to kill other players actively seeking to spend time with her. And so Kurito actually overcomes this challenge and is able to defeat this player. Um, you know, we see that there are rules that kind of govern SAO, like, for instance, other players can't really attack one another unless they're in a duel, but, you know, typically, you know, there are criminal uh, charges that are pressed in the game, so, like, uh, an example would be if uh, one player attacks another player uh, on purpose or assaults them, you know, in any type of way, you know, the system has a warning that labels that person as a criminal, and they have to basically pay a fine or face some kind of justice in the game. So uh, we see that quite often um, in the story that, you know, the characters have to deal with all different types of crazy situations, not just monsters. Um, I think this theme that's throughout the story is kind of like Lord of the Flies. Um, it's not just survival of the fittest, but it's what happens when society breaks down. Uh, there are players that are bad that are in this game. You know, they, there are people that lose their minds and decide that they would rather uh, kill other players or rather kill people for any advantage that they can get. And so we're kind of seeing it as the game is slowly moving forward, you know, throughout the different levels of the game. You know, there's about 100 levels. Uh, we see that, you know, throughout the game, more and more players are dying. And there's not really a sort of, you know, reason for it other than just that, like, the game is getting consistently harder, and there are players, human players, that are portraying their own kind because they just want to seek out any advantage or peace of mind that they can get. All right, 
So it turns out in the Knights of Blood, there is actually a leader of the Knights of Blood, and it, that leader is actually the same guy who has been running the whole video game secretly. Um, he has given himself basically invincible powers and invincibility. So he appears in the game as a super strong, bad, you know, character who goes around and is killing and helping the, you know, good guys at first. But then, you know, it's revealed shortly that throughout the game, you know, at some point he is going to betray everyone and basically become the final boss. And so, uh, you know, our main characters discovered this towards the end of the novel one, and we see that, where essentially, you know, it is discovered during a duel that Carito notices that this main protagonist is actually, you know, and the main, sorry, main villain of the series is actually somebody who is, uh, you know, not an NPC and not a human player, but rather the game creator. And so it has spawned uh, 12 manga adaptions of this um, the, like I said, the, the anime has a couple seasons under its belt and spinoffs and, you know, overall what happens at the end of the first one, I really enjoy, but they really wrap things up very quickly in this one. So, uh, there's actually 27 light novels as of now. Um, and the first one in my mistake was published in 2009. So, uh, what happened in the end of the first novel was that, um, you know, they, the, a team of people go to fight a, a villain that is incredibly powerful on the 75th floor. Uh, like I said, there's 100 floors. And on the 75th floor, um, you know, there's this massive villain that is fighting everybody. And then the main, uh, main guy for Knights of Blood, the main villain, it is revealed that he's actually the guy who's betraying them when, uh, you know, our main character, uh, Carito, discovers this. You know, he actually attacks this other player. You know, it's revealed that they have an invincibility bar, you know, and, you know, it becomes, why would this person have it? And then he reveals the plot that he's actually in charge. And so then there's a massive battle where he says, you know, I'll let you win, or rather, I'll let you fight against me. And if you win, I'll let, you know, everybody in the game go and everybody will return to the real world. You know, these people have been in this game unconscious for over two years. Um, I... I find the concept pretty interesting. Like, you know, they talk about in the game, you know, this guy has basically blackmailed the government into protecting these people. You know, they're in a hospital. You know, they're hooked up to tubes so they don't physically die. Um, you know, and mentally they're trapped in this game, you know, through these cords and servers. So we've learned a lot about that about throughout the story, what's happening and what's going on. And then, uh, you know, lastly, another interesting facet is that Asuna develops this relationship uh, you know, with our main hero, Kirito, and they eventually get married, and they live a life together for about two years. Um, it is revealed that at the end of the novel one, they're about 16 and 17 years old, meaning that they were 14 and 15 uh, when they started dating, which is, you know, very Japanese. It's, it's something that, like, I can't believe, you know, these characters are about, you know, two years have been together in the game and have decided to get married in the game. In reality, it's a little bit different. But in Japan, you know, and Western and versus Western culture, uh, people have a different age and different experience with marriage. So anyway, uh, what happened? Well, the game, you know, has this duel where the characters fight off against one another. Unsurprisingly, Kirito uh, is actually killed in the battle. Like he actually is not able to stand up to the video game boss, even though. You know, he had trained very hard specifically for this purpose. 
Um, and then, you know, it's a surprise ending where Asuna helps him and they were able to overcome this main villain, but at the cost of their own lives in the game. And they're trying to make peace with everything that's happening around them uh, as the game is slowly shutting itself off and they see other players going back to the real world. Uh, but basically the game kind of ends with them not knowing if they're going to make it or not. You know, they were in the process of dying in the game. Uh, the developer kind of comes back as like a big giant head is in, in my head, how I imagine it. And they, he basically tells them, he gives them a, a surprise ending, a gift, if you will, for their beating of the game. And basically the novel ends with uh, Kirito waking up in a hospital room. Um, he's decided he needs to find the real Asuna and he needs to track her down so that they can be in each other's arms again and fall in love with one another. And that is the first novel of Sword Art Online. Like I said, it's on Crunchyroll. I think it was on Netflix for a while. Um, hugely popular, successful series. So, what did I think of it? Um, well, in general, it is exactly what you expect from these types of novels. Um, I've only read one J novel before, Japanese short story novel or light novel. And, uh, you know, this is pretty good. I actually was really entertained by this whole story. I think it's... Uh, you know, an interesting concept, you know, people trapped in the video game, they have to get out is something that's happened in movies in both North America and in Japan. And I think in Japan, gaming is a more, you know, a more well-known hobby than in the U.S. I think it's changing, but in the U.S., I think it's less common. But anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, Sword Art Online it did have a special place in my heart, as I have already seen the anime before. I actually read the first novel, uh, but I think the novel is way better. And uh, I love the fact that this guy has been working on this since at least the early 2000s. So the fact that this even exists and is published today is incredible. Um, and uh, yeah, that's so, excuse me, overall, I would say... You know, if you like anything with Japan or like anything with uh, anime in general, you know, this is definitely one to check out. Uh, Sword Art Online, uh, yeah, like I said, full series is out now. Definitely check it out. And uh, I gave it a 5 out of 5. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, don't forget to check out my future podcasts and share this with a friend. Um, I appreciate it. I've been seeing my numbers increasing. So thank you again for doing such lovely work, people. Thank you.